Hello, and welcome back to Free Reeling It, a movie-watching podcast with two friends. I'm one of the friends. My name is Matthew, and I have the other friend alongside me. Jesse, how are you? Hello. I'm fine. It's my vacation. I've watched a few movies so far, but nothing nothing has grabbed me, so... Okay. That's All how right. it goes the rest of the vacation. Cool. Well, I mean, I'm jealous of the movie-watching time. I've been trying. Uh, some success, some fail, but, you know, it... it it happens. Uh, so we are here talking about a movie representing the season. Uh, we are talking about a Christmas movie. It is a new movie, as in it was just recently released in theaters. It's directed by Tommy Workola. It stars David Harbour, uh, better known as the sheriff from Stranger Things. It is called Violent Night. Tell me no one knows David Harbour in his roles of, like, Hellboy or the, the Crooked Cop and the Equalizer reboot with Denzel Washington. I didn't know about... I didn't know he was in Hellboy. He, he's, the, he's the newest Hellboy that did not do well. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, see, I didn't see that. Uh, but I, I... Honestly, I don't know him from anything else. But uh, we've, we've been through my lack of paying attention in this arena so i'm trying to be better john leguizamo plays the bad guy by the way yes john john yeah john leguizamo plays the bad guy um and then you also have alex hassel who does really well as sort of our secondary protagonist um and then alongside uh leguizamo beverly d'angelo is in this movie holy hell that's the mom that blew my mind. I'm like, is that? I was I was doing that. Is that the entire movie? Because for some reason, I just did not recognize her. And then when the credits rolled, I'm like, holy crap, it's the mom from Vacation. Awesome. And that made me rather happy. How, how do we want to talk about this uh, this John Wick Christmas movie? Uh, okay, I'm going. I'm going to start, and I'm going to say, why argue? about whether or not movies like Die Hard are a Christmas movie when you can just watch this. Yeah, you could just make the Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah, like that's what this is. This is this is for this movie seems like it was tailor made for that debate. Like, you know, why do that? Why why waste your time? Not throwing shade at Die Hard being a bad movie because I think it's I think it's a wonderful film. But I don't think it's a Christmas movie. And I and I'm not gonna ha- I'm not gonna have that argument here, but this this film was surprisingly fun to watch, and I think I think it delivers on its promise, which is a, a which is a sentence I said when you consider what this movie is. We'll get into that in a little bit, obviously, um, but also. At, at, at the outset, I was I was appreciative of how honest it was about what it is. Like this movie leans into what it is. Everybody is there to, everybody is there and taking it. They're taking their jobs seriously. Uh, this could have been one hundred. This could have. I think if you. I think and I also I also think if you if you tilt the scales 
towards silly any further or towards serious any further, the whole thing would fall apart. It walks a tightrope very, very well, in my opinion. And um, the tightrope it walks is making Santa uh, believably violent, believably um, reveling in the violence, as well as being pretty wholesome as a Santa Claus. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so let's get, let's get into the plot. Uh, so I'm, you're better at plot than I am, Jesse. So I'm gonna let you take this part if that's okay. Uh, sure. I mean, it's a movie that I've only seen once, so it might be a little rough. But same. Uh, uh, plot. The plot of the movie is we open up with David Harbour Santa Claus, who's very unhappy. He's drinking. He's drunk at a bar in the UK. He is a he is a jaded middle management worker in this yeah. scene for sure. And you uh, used like a mall Santa there, and that mall Santa kind of is like you know like why did you start being Santa? And he's like he's like I guess for the kids. He's like ah oh, that's everybody. Everybody starts for that. Uh, he's like yeah, it wasn't for the money. Um, the it, it it progresses to you. You see, like, just how grumpy he is about it all, mm-hmm. and how I think the grossest part of that beginning is where he throws up on the bartender, which is like runs up to the roof. It's like, oh, that really is Santa Claus, and then he throws up because he's drunk and it lands right on. Which, him. which I laughed my ass off at that. I know, I, pr- I know, I know, I know that that's a dumb fucking gag, and it was completely telegraphed. Like you knew that shit was coming. Uh, but I st- like, I mean, even Reba, she was like, oh my goodness, what are we watching? <laughs> it kind of makes sense, the tone of this movie and the kind of the humor level of this movie, because it's mm-hmm. written by the team that, um, wrote Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. The, that movie. So like they, they kind of have the idea of what they're going for when it comes to pulling people of our ages kind of into movies like this, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so basically that like that's the opening is kind of showing how jaded he is and there's and there's like a montage of him going house to house with like giving out video games and gift cards um there was there's one really good scene though that kind of shows how he stole Santa because he fi- he sees a little girl um like a like a, like a toddler in a uh-huh. crib with no blanket or anything while it's cold and there her dad's drunk sleeping on the chair in front of her and he gives her uh, a nice gift. I think he might give her a blanket too. And then he gives the dad a lump of coal and steals his beer. <laughs> yep. Um, but then we cut to the, the family characters of the movie. We cut mm-hmm. to uh, Jason, Linda, and Trudy. And it seems, yeah. it seems like Jason and Linda, the, the parents, are kind of uh, estranged right now. Mostly because of his family. And they're going to his mom's for Christmas. Yes. Um, when they get there, they meet her, his sister, uh, Alva. Yes. The, 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 her son, Bert, which is uh, short for Bertrude. Which is hilarious. Um, and then her current boyfriend, Morgan Steele, who's an action star, big in uh, Southern, uh, was it Southern Asian countries? <laughs> is what they he's, said. Like, he's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm big in some places in Asia. And then later... 
uh, Alva goes, I've been to some places in Asia, and yeah. it was very difficult to get around. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and they're 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 terrible. It's it's a rich family trying to get in on the the inheritance and like the 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 work that she does. And yeah. their mom Gertrude seems to be in the like private weapons business. Something. Because because this is full spoilers for the movie. Yeah. When they learn about the three hundred million dollars that she has, it's for causing chaos in the Middle East. Yep. And from my understanding, that means she's supplying weapons is yeah. how it seems, but she doesn't do that. And the way like she talks to politicians and stuff, it seems like she's just a, a arms dealer. That's like a secret <clears throat> arms dealer. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, uh, Jason's like, Hey, we're going to get out of here. We're not going to, we're not going to deal with my family anymore. We're going to be a family again. We're going to give her daughter what she wants for Christmas. And they learn that he forgot to take her to talk to Santa, so he gives her a walkie-talkie that's a connection to Santa. Um, which I, I just, which yeah. before we go any further, I want to talk about just how ingenious that scene is, not because of how it plays in the rest of the movie, but you just see a parent like just wanting to, wanting wanting to see their child smile, and the enterprising improvisation that he performs on the spot and gets mom right on board. Like, I think that's, I think that's a beautiful moment. Cause I think, I, I mean, it's someone who is about to be a parent, I have to learn to take notes on these things. Cause I know there's going to be more than one occasion where I have to sort of improvise and come up with something. And, and I thought that was, I thought that was just a nice little, nice little touch. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that was a, a, it. Shows that he kind of at least thinks about being a parent, which is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, there's stuff that happens later in this movie. You're like, oh, oh, so we can't, we kind of can't have a nice parent in this movie. No. Um, but anyways, they get they get basically. Um, what's the bad guy's name from Die Hard? Uh, Hans 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 Gruber. Yeah, Hans. Gruber. They get Hans Grubered by. Uh, John Leguizamo where like he already had people in the house to like basically uh, stake it out and kill the other security guards and then he shows up and he kills a really nice security guard I was like ah oh, man yeah ah, that was a bummer <laughs> yeah R.I.P. Al <laughs> yeah R.I.P. Al. Al Al feels like the um, the guy from Family Matters in this movie but yeah, he doesn't it, get to survive uh, it <laughs> Reginald Val Johnson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, um, doesn't, he doesn't get... Reginald Val Johnson doesn't get to survive this one. That sucks. Uh, did you ever hear that theory? It's like his character in Die Hard is the same character as Family Matters, and that's why he moves his family to like a quieter town after that. Yeah, I love that. Um, anyways, so he has a whole well, group of criminals kill every security guard and capture mm-hmm. um, the family, but as... As is before this is happening, David Harbour shows up. He eats some cookies, finds their nice booze stock, and decides he's gonna have a drink. Finds eats the pre-war a- shit. Yeah, decides uh, <laughs> so sit down in the massage chair, eat some cookies, and have a nice drink. But then he falls asleep and yeah. wakes up to the sounds of the gunfire. Um, so now he's trapped, trying to find a way out. And the and he's like, uh, maybe I should just look in to see if everything's okay. And then it turns out it isn't, and then a guy finds him, and they start fighting, and they shoot up the roof that makes the reindeer go away, so now David Harbour's stuck there. Yep. Um, what, do we want to talk about anything up until this point, or kind of keep going? Um, 
I want to talk about... Uh, so, I think all of this is expertly done. Like, this isn't just, like... This isn't just, like, David Harbour, jaded middle management Santa, isn't, like, white knighting this. He's not like, I will save you because I'm Santa. He doesn't want anything to do with this. He's done his part. He's done his, he's done his due diligence, as it were. And he's ready to bounce. Um, and... I do, I do like that. Like he, like he's stuck there rather than he's showing up to try and save the day. I, I, I appreciate that plot. I also want to talk about the first fight because I think the first fight is the best fight shot in the movie. Yeah, it's probably the most like John Wick style fight of the whole movie. I mean, um, I think it's the one they definitely cut the least in it. Yeah, I think the the final fight between him and John Leguizamo is pretty good. It's not um, bad. No, it's not bad at all. But it's. I think it's just like this is this is well crafted combat f- photography and choreography because there are so many times where you think it's about to cut and it never does. Kind of leads me to believe that the the villain in this scene is you know a practiced fighter. Yeah, probably. And um, and it was definitely a harbor stunt double doing most of the work here. But bravo! It was it was just, it's just a beautiful fight to watch, despite all of the ragtag pseudo Jackie Chan tactics it uses with you know him pulling stuff out of nowhere and just using it to fight with. I'm looking for the fight choreographer right now. So hold on. No problem. Um, yeah, I like. There's part of it too where. The there he's the, the bad guy fires the gun and David Harbour grabs the barrel of it and like mm-hmm. it burns his hands, and it, that kind of registers to you that this isn't like a magically immune Santa, which is kind of nice because anytime yeah. like Santa's in a, like an action thing, like because there, there's been some action Santas in the past, like it's just oh Santa-y. sure, it always feels like Santa's immune from any kind of danger. Yeah, like what was it? Uh, racist ass Melly Gibson's Fat Man or whatever. Yeah, that was a Santa movie. Yeah. So the the guy who uh, was the fight coordinator for this movie uh, was the fight cre- or the stunt one of the stunt performers for Obi Wan, uh, The Matrix Resurrections, hmm. Six Underground, Hobbs and Shaw, and those are like the bigger movies. And I mean, I th- wait, I think he might have been he might have been that fighter in that scene for. Um, Violent Night. Okay. He's also in the movie as one of the people. Oh, all right. Oh wait, no, he's the guy at the computer when when David Harper's killing everybody in the um in the barn. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so David Harper basically uh, accidentally pushes that guy off the off the through the window mm-hmm. and impales on a previously uh, shown. Uh, metal tree hanging outside yep there's a lot of Chekhov's guns in this movie mm-hmm. um when there was a candy cane on the plate I leaned over to my best friend who saw the movie with me I go ah Chekhov's candy cane that's gonna come back and then it literally <laughs> does and he uses it as a shank later on so, yep <laughs> um there's a lot of those kind of moments where like they they like point the camera directly at something that will 100% come back down the road yep um 
like or even like in the first uh, scene with the family, you learn that Trudy just watched Home Alone and she's obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And that comes back in a big way down in the, in the third act too. So. Oh um, yeah. So anyway, so they're tr- once the robbers start robbing the place, they have about I think they said two hours before uh, Gertrude's secret SWAT team shows yeah, up to kind of take squad. them out. Her kill squad take them out and rescue them. And they're so they're just trying to get through the vault. And so they learn that one guy's dead and like, well, it could be an accident, but let's mm-hmm. just see if there's someone around. And then that leads into the second fight, not too soon after that scene, where he fights uh, another mili- paramilitary man and yeah. gets stabbed a bunch while doing it. But um, did you ever see The Night Comes for Us? No. Um, that movie also has a really good scene with a sack of uh, billiard balls. <laughs> Oh and yeah. So so I was watching this and like he grabs a bunch of billiard balls to like fight him with. I don't remember what he wraps him in. Yeah. Um but he starts whacking him with him and I'm like, yeah, that that's a good that's always a good move. Mhm. Oh yeah. He ends up which, killing this yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember which one that was. Which guy? He which killed? henchman? Was that Frosty? I think that was, was probably Frosty, Frosty cuz he killed Tinsel Frosty. in the beginning. Okay. Um yeah, all the henchmen for the main group of bad guys have holiday names. Yes, there's um, Tinsel, all... Tinsel, Frosty, Sugar Plum, Candy Cane, <laughs> Gingerbread. Like it's it's good. It's very good. Yeah, and they're and they're all uh they're all on his naughty list that you learn later. Yeah. Um so he kills that guy by putting the the street tree uh topper star into his eye and then plugging it in. Mm-hmm. Which leads to like the worst special effects in this movie, which is bad fire. <laughs> it just it's just like that's, yeah. that's fire floating on a head. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't look. I I that was probably one of the. I don't tend to notice things like that. A lot of the times with this one, I was like, "That's you, you did that wrong," <laughs> or or that could have been done better, I guess. <clears throat> but uh, but after that is when he finds the other walkie-talkie and talks to Trudy and basically says, "Hey, I'm real." And I'm gonna save your family. Don't worry about it. Yes. But then, but then uh, he's like, "Is there anybody that we can go for for help?" And he tells him about Al. He gets there, he finds Al's dead, and they also have him on camera, so mm-hmm. they know he's around. Yeah. But then he realizes also he's bleeding really badly. Um. So that leads him to go back to the house to find some needle and thread, and basically stitches himself up. And you see all these scars and these like tribal tattoos and stuff mm-hmm. and, he, and he wraps himself in uh wrapping paper and Which then he passes out a beautiful touch <laughs> yeah it's a really nice touch uh, but then he passes out and we see a little flashback of him as kind of a viking mm-hmm. and then he wakes back up and talks to trudy some more about saving them and um somewhere between this scene and like a couple scenes from now she escapes uh because they oh they go to interrogate the family uh is that when they learn with the no they when, when do they learn that there's no money uh this is that's after that's after um trudy runs is that i thought they find that there's no money and that's why they start interrogating people no i think they um is there a reason why because she runs because like um they're gonna kill her. They start interrogating because they want they 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 know that someone is killing their their buddies. Oh, oh and they, yeah, they want to know who hired them. They want to know who hired them. Yeah, so that's they, what it so is. They, so they, they grab a, a nutcracker and they break the the 
Jason's they break, finger. They break Jason's finger, and then they threaten to break a couple other things. And they and then they inform us that the 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 person who is whose code name is Krampus is actual psychopath. Yes, he's he's um, he's literal crazy. So anyway, so yeah, Trudy escapes and goes up to the um, attic and basically says, "Hey, I'll set traps, and you do your thing." Uh-huh. And who does he fight again? Um, oh, he he. He fights somebody and then gets captured. Who does he fight? Oh, oh, he's trying to sneak up on Candy Cane. And yes. then the motion sensor Santa informs her that he's right behind her and he's and a he, traitor. He calls it a traitor. Yeah, it's pretty, he, this, this he, movie's he ca- so good. Yeah, he runs back to the room rules. he was hiding in. And yeah. uh, they blow up a fire extinguisher to knock him out. Mm-hmm. And then they basically have this back and forth where he's trying to convince him he's the real Santa. And uh, John Leguizamo was like, "No, you're not." But the other ones are starting to believe it because he knows things. Yeah, he knows that he knows everybody's real name. He knows what he got them for Christmas. Yeah. Um, like, oh, come then, on, Bjorn, you love that Huffy I got you. And Trudy makes it snow in the house, so they're like, "Oh, maybe he is." But that's just enough distraction for him to knock his chair over and touch his nose, so he can go up the chimney. Yeah. But before this, they burn his magic sack, so he can't have like he can't use that trick again where someone punches through the sack and they, um, their hand disappears. Yeah. Or he can't pull weapons out of it like he did before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which was cool. <laughs> Santa's they, just walk, walking around with a Mary Poppins sack. Yeah. Love, so the kill squad. The, the kill squad show up and turns out they're working for uh, John Leguizamo too, mm-hmm. because they're like three three hundred million dollars is a lot of money that easily buys them off. Yeah. Um, and they try to take out Santa. He's like, I think I'm done for it, Trudy. And Trudy's like, remember all the bad stuff you used to do as a Viking? What if you did it for good now? <laughs> and he yeah. looks up and there's just a hammer. There's just a sledgehammer. And the memories show back up. And he's like, I can do that. And and, and, and we get a great line. Don't forget the line. Oh, what's the line? Time for some season's beatings. Yeah, and then it's just a montage of him annihilating. Just violence. Yeah, just, just annihilating violence. this kill squad with a hammer, uh, candy cane, uh, skis. Like, um, it, it splits the difference between Chan Wook Park's old boy and John Hughes' Home Alone very well, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and right after this, there's uh, one good one, too, with a... With a what is it? Um, a wood chipper? Oh, he drags, yeah. He drags people into the wood chipper, and then the guy who... Or no, that was a snowblower, I think, actually. Oh, yeah, snowblower, yeah, <laughs> snowblower. Um, uh, someone, so someone were sitting and watching, and someone goes, why is your so, why is your shed so big? I'm like, they're very rich, dude. Did you see yeah. the property they're on? Like, yeah. they need all this. They need all that, yeah. Um, so he, he knocks out one of the guys, and... An interesting, I, there's an interesting take when he knocks out one of the guys outside and puts a grenade down his pants. He mm-hmm. breaks the fourth wall, and that's the only time it happens in the movie. He's like, I want to watch. Yeah, he's like, I gotta watch that. He's like staring directly down the camera, and I, mm-hmm. I was like, that's weird that this. They, I, it felt like they did that so they could have it in the trailer. It yes. Now, as someone, okay, I've never done anything like that. I've never done anything that cool. Uh, and I and I do and I do think it's cool because I think I think it's just expertly done. But I've also been in the situations where I've said something like that to myself, like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome," and you know, turned around and looked at whatever I was supposed to do. I didn't really say that to anywhere else. I think it's almost like a it's almost like a 
the smallest version of a theater aside <laughs> in the world but but yeah i it it did it did not take me out of it i don't know if it did for you i, I it just threw me off that it never it never happens again like sure. I was waiting for another fourth wall break that be like, oh, okay, this is this is the joke here where he just does it the one time, so there's no real joke there other than he's like, I gotta watch this guy explode. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyways, he finishes that and basically takes out the whole kill squad and is making his way back inside. Then it cuts to Trudy uh, setting up a bunch of Home Alone type shenanigans, and the two ro- two killers come to get her. And, like, and they s- gonna- no, I no. Hey, hey, you have to you have to delicately do this one because they see everything she's. Yeah, done. I was about to say they they see like the the nails on the floor, they see the ma- the nail on the steps, and they go, "You really think we're gonna fall for this?" But what they don't see, and this isn't this is in Home Alone. This is in Home Alone Two, I believe. Yes, There's, is the half sawed step mm-hmm. that is there. So when they step on it, it breaks. And so the first guy, who's uh, what's his name, is uh, he's gingerbread. gingerbread. He he's walking up. And he hits the half sod one, and he his his chin goes right through a nail. The, the nail on the step, and uh, it's a hundred percent hot fuzz. Um, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And so and so, Candy Cane's like, you know what? You stay there, get yourself unstuck. I'm just gonna go up after her. Goes up after her, and she starts throwing bowling balls at. Oh yeah, she starts throwing bowling balls at her, and that makes. Uh, Candy Cane dodge all the bowling balls mm-hmm. but they're falling back at Gingerbread and he like finally gets himself unstuck as one hits him and he lands on the the, a the bunch spikes, of nails yeah the oh. nails on him, but it, he lands on his butt which is even more frustrating yeah uh, he gets up unsticks himself but there's one nail in his butt still and when he pulls that one out his it just squirts so much blood <laughs> oh yeah no that's yeah no it's it, it's a you're, you're the nurse. Does your butt have that much blood in it? I'm not a nurse. I'm an x-ray tech. Uh, and yes. I've seen some I've seen some stuff. You've seen some bloody butts. I've well, maybe not bloody butts, but like trust me, the fleshier parts of the body tend to bleed a bit. So Um so yeah, so he's examining the nail and he's like, I can't believe this is this is the thing that did me in. And one more... Bu- and I, I knew this was going to happen as soon as I saw him looking at the nail. It's like, what? What kind of moron is this guy? Anyways, the, the one last bowling ball comes down the path and hits him right as he's looking at the nail and sticks him right in the forehead with it and kills him. Yeah. Um, I thought these guys were going to actually have more of a fight in them than they do in this scene. Uh, but I guess... I, I, like, this movie's going more for comedy than it is for, like diehard action in some ways oh yeah 100 percent um anyways so the uh candy cane on top gets hit with in like in the, in the shin with a bowling ball and that hurts mm-hmm. and then she chases after her and lands on basically it's basically glue but i don't know what kind yeah. of glue and I mean, so she yeah, gets yeah and she looks like the end she looks like the villain in roger rabbit as she's trying to get up yeah so uh she gets stuck to her feet there but then she easily gets out of it because she's like a gymnast mm-hmm. but then she uses the home alone uh trudy uses the home alone trick of the paint cans yes. and she dodges both of those but then i think trudy's on one of them and she can't dodge that and falls backwards yep and lands it's- on the glue again yeah uh, she gets off of the glue, but by doing so, scalps herself. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, 
and she starts going to beat up Trudy. I feel like there's another one that happens, but I, oh yeah, Trudy starts um, throwing like smaller balls through a slingshot, but I think one's is like a center block or something. Yeah. Um, and that hits her and that hurts, but then she's about to kill Trudy and then um, then uh, David Harbour shows up as Santa uh, and like, hey, excuse me, I need a, um, and beats her. And then he goes, Trudy, I need you to uh, turn around, close your eyes, cover your ears, and sing Jingle Bells as loud as you can. <laughs> yeah. As David Harbour just smashes this woman's skull with a sledgehammer. <laughs> this, this movie's so good. I, I sh- you know, and the entire time, I should not, I feel like I should not like this movie as much as I do. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those movies where it's like, it, the concept's silly. The ex the dialogue's bad for the most part. Oh yeah, um, but the action's so well done for uh, this type of movie, and the gore is so stupid, and the it's mm-hmm. silly in a good way. And David Harbor is like he he has that charm. So even in like a good like a bad movie that's teetering on good, he can bring it good. Yeah, I think I if agree. anybody else was Santa, it would be hard for this movie. Because mm-hmm. no one else in this movie is super likable. I think except for Trudy and her mom. Yeah, oh, and also like uh, the guy who plays uh, Morgan Steele's pretty good as like the he he's they wrote Mark Wahlberg and he's playing Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's exactly who. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, there's literally a line where he's like, "If I was on uh, if I was on that plane in 911, I would have stopped. I would have stopped those guys." <laughs> sure, you would have. Um, sure, he you gets gunned down Wahlberg. like right away too. Oh, and, and I think I think in the the showing I was at when he got when he gets gunned down. Uh, I think I heard applause. So, um, so yeah, so they find out that the three million is gone once they open up the safe, and they go up to the family to find out who did it. Turns out it was the dad, Jason. Mm-hmm. He stole the money. He was gonna tell his mom during Christmas that he stole the money and was gonna just disappear. Yeah. Um. So then, like, just show us what the money is, and no one will die. And so he does. It's in the manger outside, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, Agreed. And then they take the money and they take the mom, Gertrude, and they take off as David Harvester shows up to like kind of take the rest of them out. Oh, he has the they beat up Krampus to death, Bert. Uh, oh Linda yeah, Bert, and, uh, uh, Linda, and Alva, and and uh, when David Harbour shows up, he goes, "Hey, does anyone know how to use a gun?" And Linda's like, "I kind of knew how to use a gun." So she used, she like gives covering fire. Yeah. Um, and he gets on a sled to chase after the rest of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. What happened? Oh, so it ends up with him and John Leguizamo uh, are fighting in an abandoned house. They get to an abandoned house. Again, abandoned about- house that is basically falling over. I mean, it, so yeah. if you've ever driven in rural areas and you see, like, you always see on a property a barn that's either in the midst of falling over or about to about to fall over. It's one of those. But it's so funny is another one of those scenes where when David Harper crashes a snowmobile into the house, it's still running. And I just lean over again. I go check off snowmobile. <laughs> like I know that they were going <laughs> to use it cause it's still running. Yeah. Um, and so the snow, they eventually they have a fight in the house with, uh, uh, John Leguizamo's fight stick and David Harper's sledgehammer. And they ignite, the um the the gasoline on the snowmobile at, and it explodes and blows them out of the house mm-hmm. and all that's left now is a chimney and some ice and david harbour can't get grip on the ice but for some reason john Leguizamo has snowshoes on like did he have them on the entire time 
Um, I still I, don't know when he would have time I, I to put I feel like them there on. was a shot of him putting them on, actually. Maybe there was. I don't remember that because I was confused. Like, when did he have time to put these on? Yeah. Um, but anyways, he, so he can got die. So he has the upper he has the upper hand and is, like, beating the crap out of David Harbour. But it's a pretty good fight, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a point where David Harbour gets his hand pinned down on the chimney. And then doesn't... Doesn't... He... Doesn't he have, like, the leader of the kill squad... Like attached to him somehow. Well, the and leader they, of the Kill Squad was following him, but um, the mom got away and like knocked him out or something. Oh, okay. Um, and like stole his gun. He'll come back though. Um, okay. And then basically he goes, "I'm going to. I can't. I can't believe I get to kill Christmas." And he he's about to shoot uh, David Harbor, and David Harbor is like, "You can't kill." It's something like you can't kill Christmas or. Not no, he's like not if you believe though, and he touches his nose, which is the, it's the Santa way of going up the chimney, mm-hmm. and he's holding on to John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo knows what's about to happen. He goes, "Oh no!" It rips like the thing that like no one talked about after we left the theater is when he does that though, it rips like his hand in half because his hand's pinned with the knife. They show his hand like getting ripped. Uh, Santa's. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And it's th- super brief. And, and like, then, but, he, like, he, but he also gets like eviscerated, doesn't well, he? Well, well, uh, no, he doesn't get eviscerated. Uh, but John Leguizamo like realizes what's happening, and he's not magical, so he's being shoved through this roof or this uh-huh. chimney, and all of his body parts are being crushed. And and when Steve Harper pops up top, he's just holding a torso. Yeah, and, and who was that? That's John Leguizamo. Was that John Leguizamo? That was John Leguizamo. But then as he's standing there, you're like, oh, finally. And then all of a sudden, he gets sh- uh, David Harbour gets shot like six times. And that's the military guy coming back. Okay. Yeah. And But then the mom shows, the Gertrude shows up and shoots that guy in the head. Uh-huh. Um, and Santa dies. And they're all there. And they're like, I believe in Santa Claus. And Linda's like, I believe in Santa. And they all say they believe in David Harbour. And he comes back to life. Yes, and and, and, I, I, and none of these. I'm going to say it right now. None of these, except for Trudy's, are believable. None I think I think Linda's is kind of believable. Um, but my favorite thing is Jason goes, "You were you were literally dead like li- like a minute ago." Mm-hmm. I'm confused. <laughs> like you could tell, like he doesn't believe at all. Um, and basically, it seems like they <laughs> they get away with it with the money. Like they burn like. They try to burn money to keep him warm because they thought that's the way to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. And I also like the line from Alva's, like, what a waste of $1 million. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't... I don't know what... Like, they don't give any epilogue of what happens with the family. You just know that David Harbour gets a new Santa sack because the reindeer went to go get his second one. Yep. And his actual hammer from Mrs. Claus, from who Mrs. he's Claus, been trying to yeah. see. Because, like, there's a subplot about marriage and how much Santa still loves Mrs. Claus after thousands of years. And then how much relationships are actually hard because yeah. they are. And like when Trudy asks, what, what do you want for Christmas, Santa? He goes, I just want to see Mrs. Claus one more time. Yeah. Which I was sweet. Mm-hmm. But I th- then it ends with the best post credit scene and probably the best joke in the whole movie, which is uh, Bert, who's a terrible, like, Influencer. He's Influencer. A, he's insufferable. He he's over a dead body. Goes what what up, guys? It's Bert. This guy's dead, and that just tells you to be good this holiday season or yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah. Um, there's another good joke with Bert when they introduce him. It's like, oh, that's Bert. 
Uh, he's already had one sexual assault claim by him by the, his school, probably the first of many. And uh, my mom bought it off, and now we have a gymnasium named after us. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, overall, like I think this movie is like a solid, fine movie, but it's fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun with friends. Yeah. Um, and like I think it's a good time if you want something just different for your holiday watching. Right, and and see, and I I suggested this both for us and I suggested to Reba because as someone like I grew up, you know, Catholic Christian, she grew up Jewish, like she's Jewish. So the, the clashing of the holiday season is a, is a thing in the house. And when we first started dating, she was like, okay, well, what traditions do you really value? And I know I, that my, that answer, the answer to that question is still for me. Don't really know. Uh, because when I think of the holidays, I have a lot of, I have a lot of pain. Um, but there have been certain things that I have liked and I still carry with me over the years. Uh, and I said, okay, there are like three Christmas movies I would like you to watch that sort of give you an idea of, of my view of it. Um, so when, and when we did all that, uh, she was like, okay, yeah, this still isn't my thing. And I go, cool, I'm not going to force it on you ever. Uh, but when I showed her this, she's like, okay, that's goofy enough that I can get down with. And, and yeah, that was, this is one of those that I, that I was like, yeah, this is a Christmas movie for everybody. Even if you, even if you are not, even if it's not your tradition. Um, and one of the only traditions that I plan on just sort of keeping forever is the song that kicks off the credits. Cause I think it is the greatest Christmas song written since the inception of rock and roll. Uh, and it is Merry Christmas, everybody by Slade. It rules. And it's great. Yeah, I, I, it's used great in the movie. I think too. I thought the soundtrack too, like the score was pretty well done mixing like holiday theming with action still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, it, I guess John Leguizamo is in Die Hard 2, and there's like a lot of set pieces that reference kind of. Well, Die Hard 2 is also set at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, I just I don't remember John Leguizamo being in that movie. I but you know is. what I don't remember Die Hard 2. I don't remember Die Hard 3 either. Die Hard 2 is the is the Christmas one that takes place at the airport. Yeah. And then ends at a church. Okay. Um, and then Die Hard 3 I think is the one with Sam Jackson, and he's the taxi driver maybe yeah like i mean all like i the the last one i saw i think it was it's a is it a good day to die hard or live free or die hard live free or die hard um i think it's the one with um kevin smith as the geek okay which one has i think it's the one with justin long then yeah that's the same one okay yeah so it's uh what is it live free or die hard I think so. And then I think the one after that is um, uh, a good day, which is the bad one with his son. Okay, that one I have not seen. Because Die Hard with a Vengeance is the third one. Yeah. Um, yeah, Good Day to Die Hard is the one where he goes to like Russia and they like walk in Chernobyl without suits on while the bad guys are all wearing suits. You're like, what is, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm gonna probably won't be seeing that one anytime soon. Okay, 
Um, it, do you ever, do you ever like think about how Die Hard almost was a movie with a really, really old Frank Sinatra? Wait, what? So the movie Die Hard is based on a novel. Yeah. And the and Frank Sinatra made a movie of that character, one of the novels of that character, and like, um, let me see when this is totally like, um, like a tangent. I'm trying to see where where it is though. Um, yeah, it, it was made. It was a book called The Detective, and Frank Sinatra was the lead in that, um, and. They they offered it to Sinatra when they were coming up with the concept of Die Hard. And Sinatra's like, I'm like 80. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. Yeah. Um, and so like, okay, but they wanted to offer because he like had a I think I think he had a thing in his contract that was like he had to pass on it first before right. they can offer it to anybody else. Um, but it's just so it's so fascinating because like, what if Die Hard decided to be Liam Neeson? And he's like, you know what? Yeah, let me let me be an, an old action star. Wow. So I just find that funny. That um, is funny. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, Violent Night's fine. I don't have much to say about it. Like, it's shot competently. Special oh, sure. effects are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think the three major fight scenes, the first one, actually the four major fight scenes, the first one, the Home Alone bit, the warehouse, the, like, the, not warehouse, the, the... The shed. The shed fight, and then the last fight. Those are all, like, solid, and I hope those just get clipped out and put on YouTube, because I already watch those all the time. Yeah, they're really good. But, like, the stuff with the family is just kind of okay. Yeah, like, all of the actual Christmas stuff. Yeah, when David Harbour isn't on screen, the movie gets boring. Yeah, it's boilerplate at best. Yeah. But it just (laughs) kind of shows that, like, someone needs to give him, like, a good script. And we could have, like, a a great act. There's a scene where he takes off his, like, when he, likes healing himself, he takes off his shirt. And he's, like, still pudgy. He's not, like, built-built. Yeah. Because I know he got pretty ripped for Hellboy, but I think he got pudgy again for when he was the dad in Black Widow. Okay. But he still had, like, that under muscle because he got ripped for Hellboy. Yeah, he's dad um, bod strong. Yeah, he's, like, and, like, he looks really good that way. So I kind of hope that, like, someone finds an avenue of a good movie. Because I think, like, even if you don't have an action star, be like, like, I think the best proof of the pudding of this is Denzel Washington, right? 100%. There's, there's early Denzel career where he's very much the drama guy, but after like, what movie was it? Well, there's like out of time or something was like his first like real action cop movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's devil in a blue dress, but I don't, I haven't seen that. So I can't attest to how yeah. action cop movie that movie is. Training day. Yeah. Like after that though, you can see like he becomes the fun action star better than Liam Neeson could be with like safe house and the equalizer reboot and yeah. um, deja vu and stuff like that. Like he's fun in all those movies. And I just feel like you give David Harbour a script like that and he could be just as good. Sure. He has he, that charm. He's yeah. He's, he's tailor made for, for an action career at this point. Um, I mean, and well, he kind of does that stuff in stranger things already. Like, yeah. Like that's where he gets to be an actor, actor. Yeah, like I haven't seen now. I haven't seen all of Stranger Things, but he is definitely. You I've know, liked him in everything I've seen. Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely. I mean, that first season, he's definitely action star. You know, towards the end of it, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I think I mean, if it's still playing, I think you should go see it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's better than anything else playing right now, but it's definitely fun. Yeah, I I as. 
someone who is someone who is like trying to look at new movies and like try and go see them um there's not a lot that has really pulled me that is in the theaters right now uh like i haven't seen the original avatar so i'm not really interested in avatar 2 yet um yeah and that's that's if i get around to seeing the original one ever but um but yeah this when i saw this i was like yep i immediately want to see this because this looks like a good fun time in a theater yeah it just looks like fun yeah and yeah fun's good have fun it's nice to it's nice that we did a did a really really just absolutely fun movie yeah it's kind of to, just a breezy end of the year episode because i think i'm gonna yeah. try to edit behind the scenes i'm gonna try to end it the sight and sound and maybe we can get that up this week ne- not this week but like next week mm-hmm. um and then this will probably go up the first week of january yeah soon knowing us yeah um so matthew what else have you been watching uh i've actually watched a bit um i watched uh i watched guillermo del toro's pinocchio how is that that's on my list for fucking whoa (laughs) this movie this movie's a the animation and the way it delivers the pinocchio story fucking sick it rules i love it it's one of the best animated movies i've seen in a while um i I love all the performances in it. It's it's gorgeous. Uh, had I finished it as I was about to start a shift at work, and there was a whole bunch that brought up. There was a whole at the ending. There's a whole bunch that brought up stuff with my dad, um, and just under behind the behind the behind the curtain. It's December twenty second now. My dad passed away december 24th last year uh so it it actually no he passed he did end up passing on christmas but um there was there was some stuff about fatherhood and a relationship of a father and a son hit me in my heart and it wrecked me for hours i'm still i still don't understand how i got through that day without pissing some people off uh but but yeah pinocchio absolutely rules um and then i ended up watching a bunch of screwballs in the on the in the criterion set that's on the channel this month uh i watched um it happened one night which i had seen before i watched the awful truth which i had not seen before uh that movie that movie absolutely rules and and i i still kind of have a little bit of a man crush on Cary grant um i also watched uh to be or not to be which i had seen the mel brooks version of that movie i had never seen the ernst lubitsch version uh and the ernst lubitsch version is amazing uh definitely look for that if you're if you are a criterion channel subscriber and then I'll also talk about it just because it's been since we I, the, the World Cup final happened, and it is it was watching that live was was one of the single greatest games of any sport I'd ever seen. Um, I, I think it's easily the best World Cup final that I've seen. Um, definitely the best one I've seen live. Uh, 
but I have seen, you know, replays of others because, you know, the internet exists and you can go to some corners and find some games. But uh, congratulations to Argentina. I'm very happy for Lionel Messi. Uh, that, 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 that game was awesome. Jesse, what have you been watching? I mean, I've watched some stuff, but not a lot that's notable. I do think there's a couple movies I think are interesting to note that I watched. Um, I rewatched Mission Impossible 2 with some friends. Because mm-hmm. we're rewatching Mission Impossible movies, building up to the new one. Okay. Um, and have you ever seen Mission Impossible Two? No. It's highly regarded as the worst one, right? Is it? Yeah. Uh, and there's reasons for that for sure, but maybe it's because I've watched John Woo movies in between this viewing and my last viewing that I really appreciated John Woo's action and Tom Cruise being able to sell it. Okay. Um, but yeah, the the thought of that movie's bad. It's 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 pretty sexist, even for two thousands. Um, but the, there's there's a cool set piece in the laboratory that's all John Woo, gung fu, things exploding for no reason, and then awesome. Tom, then Tom Cruise is like, you know what, I'm gonna save you, and then he jumps out of a building. You forget that they're like five hundred feet up in the air, not five like five thousand feet up in the air, and he's just free falling. <laughs> um. I also watched broadcast news for the first time. I don't think I've ever seen that. I, I, I know I'm going to save my thoughts for that. Cause I feel like we should do that. Maybe sometime again next year, later down the road. All right. Um, I think that's a, a definitely a movie that would be good for this show. And I think you'll really appreciate it. Okay. I'm down. Uh, and then today in my long movie splurge, I watched the monkeys movie head. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah. I kind of went on a weird, like, Jack Nicholson directed tangent after good watching some Jack Nicholson movies and I watched the terror which he directed as a second unit which is a and Coppola directed on second unit but yeah it was that's a, that's not like a movie to talk about but head is interesting because it's monkeys basically taking the narrative that they are fake band and just going with it mm-hmm. and then being really surreal about it all and like doing a mold like what if the monkeys TV show was kind of their real life and they couldn't escape it? <laughs> um, so I found that interesting. There's some really good jokes and some really interesting commentary in it. Um, how like they do like a parody of the monkeys theme song really early on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we're a 10, we're a 10 band and blah, blah, blah. And like, they keep on showing clips from the movie and from the TV show. And it ends with real footage of someone getting shot in the head. I think during the Vietnam war, <laughs> Yeah, and like that's the punctuation that they have for that scene. Um, yeah, she's interesting. I know Jack Nicholson co-wrote it and kind of secretly directed part of it, so mm-hmm. I just found that super interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I think it's been almost twenty years since I've seen that movie. So uh, yeah, that's that's all I want to talk about. Um, yeah. I know our next movie is The Apartment. Yes, that is um, the Apartment nineteen sixty film. It's, directed by Billy Wilder, starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. It's streaming somewhere, but you could probably just rent it to four bucks. Yeah. Um, no, it says it's on Hulu for. Yeah. I've, so sometimes when it says they're on Hulu, like we have a we have an ad free Hulu, but it also might mean it has. It's like to... one of the like it's one of the like extra add ons probably. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's what we're gonna watch. Um, thank you guys for listening to this show. Who, wait, where Matthew? Where can people find you? 
uh, people can find me on the internet uh, pretty much only on co-host unless I'm tweeting about a show. Uh, so look for me on co-host, cohost.org slash infinite dash rewind. Um, and then you can also find me hosting couple or co-hosting a couple other podcasts one is with jesse's and my mutual friend caroline it's called trivial merit we talk about music we make eight song playlists in hopes of getting us maybe you from a negative headspace to a positive one the next one we are recording is tom petty and the heartbreakers that's gonna be a good episode i think it i think it's gonna i think it has the potential um i've already made my playlist i'm going to reserve my thoughts at this particular time uh, you can also find me co-hosting the Bald Gun Guy podcast that is put out by Scanline Media. Uh, I know it is at Gun Guy Pod on Twitter. We talk about the Hitman games. We are playing the modern Hitman trilogy uh, one level at a time. We are about to wrap up Hitman 2's final DLC as well as the Sniper Assassin uh, missions. Then we will go into Hitman 3. And uh, I love talking about that series. Uh, Six and Ty are wonderful. Um, and I know Ty is not really on the internet anywhere, but find Six Detmar on Twitter and on co-host because they are good people in my opinion. You can find me on the internet places. Um, I'll probably update our social links on this episode. Because mm-hmm. I know both of us are kind of getting away from the links I've been sharing. Yeah. Um, you can find this show currently still on Twitter at Free Reeling It. Maybe I'll make us a co-host account. I don't know. Um, yeah, I was toying with that idea too. I didn't. I wanted to run it by you. Before. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine if you want to do it on your end. Okay. Um, and you can also email us at freerillingit at gmail dot com for any movie suggestions or thoughts about movies we've already covered. Um, mm-hmm. And lastly, Matthew, who does our theme song? My buddy Jason, uh, you can find him on Instagram at Deadeye Productions, D-E-A-D, the letter I, Productions, all lowercase, all one word. You can find his music on Bandcamp. Uh, he goes by the name Deadeye, D-E-A-D dash I, all caps when you spell that name. Uh, he was also part of a reggae duo in the early 2010s called the Hope Street Steppers. They released one of my favorite reggae albums ever called Black Lightning in 2013. Uh, Jason's newest album is called Bloodshed Kingdom. Both projects are wonderful, in my opinion. I'm not saying that because he's one of my best friends. I'm saying that because I actually believe it. Find him. Support him. He's a good nurse. He's a good dad. He's just out here being good. And remember, everybody, you make your candy can into a shank. Put a little, like, uh, put a little marshmallow on top so you don't actually stab anybody. Like one of those uh, stoppers on knives that they put sometimes. I don't know what they're called. There's a name for them, but I don't know what they're called because I am not that smart. I only watch movies. <laughs> Me too. <laughs>